see if I can do this without sneezing. Or worse. Roll it. You break down better than my Ford does, Jeremy. Go for it. No one knows how to answer it because no one has it. Or number two, no one has figured out how to make money off the church by making it. There's also the ethics of the information because Cambridge Analytica had a huge ethical issue. They were not following terms of service. They were not using it for purpose. They were saying they were lying. They're manipulative. And so think about the information that you are getting from your congregation. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, your place for church and technology with your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. Okay, but first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Thanks, Larry. Now, I have this great idea. Have you guys thought about writing for Church Mag? I love how many people push back and talk and leave comments and have all these great ideas. And I want to hear other people's voices. And so one of the big things that we love about Church Mag is that we get to hear what everybody else is talking. I would encourage you guys to go to Church Mag slash contribute and sign up to write with Church Mag. I encourage you, if you are thought about writing one article, go try it out. Church Mag slash contribute. So go check it out. Thank you, Jeremy. It's time now to let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Phil Schneider. You know, last week we were talking about InDesign versus Publisher, which, I mean, let's be honest, if it's a knockout fight, clearly InDesign is going to be the champ in that bout. Um, but that wasn't what it was about. It wasn't about, you know, who who was had the most prowess or who was the better fighter in the uh, publishing ring, so to speak, really had to do with usability and who's using it and what you're trying to accomplish, et cetera, et cetera. It was funny. I mentioned a comment that uh, John Wilkerson had mentioned via tweet and uh, kind of brought that into the conversation because of the timing. It was on my mind. We were going to do a podcast about it, and uh, he had tweeted to us about that very exact same thing. Um, And I kind of wondered or assumed that maybe it was related. He was in the same Facebook group, whatever. In any event, he replied, and that was a pretty awesome reply. So um, I think it's worth worth taking a moment and uh, taking a listen to what he had to say. Hey, guys, I think it's absolutely hilarious that you (laughs) addressed my tweet. Totally unrelated. Completely unrelated, Eric. So I think it's funny that that came together. Listen, I use Open Office for my church's bulletin. So there you go. Uh, We are about using cheap stuff, too, and we don't use InDesign. I'm not an InDesign expert. We don't have anyone in the church who can do it. So, you know, also the guy who works in the IT industry. So, I mean, absolutely use the tool. I think the key is use the tool that you're most comfortable with. And if your church can afford it, you know, get an expensive one. Thanks for addressing that, guys. Keep up the great work. God bless. So there we go. John even uses an application to do this stuff. He's a tech guy. He knows this stuff. He has a podcast, like just all this different thing, all these different things, right? And here he is using Open Office, which we totally didn't mention Open Office, Phil, of all the apps. Because it's free. It can't be that good. <laughs> Speaking of apps that are free that people wouldn't think were any good, but everyone flocks to use, Facebook is free, yet everyone uses it. But um, I guess it turns out that what technologists have been saying for years now that if uh, that if it's for free then you're the product is absolutely true as we see some of the goings on with Facebook wait a minute you mean fa- Facebook doesn't exist for the common good <laughs> nope oh my gosh yeah give a quick breakdown for those that are Jeremy, you break curious down better, you break you break down better than my Ford does Jeremy go for it <laughs> Um, so apparently my understanding about the whole process is that 
there's this company that would use Facebook to survey people and try to get some general results about different ideas, kind of like a survey company that typically would do, but then they used Facebook, which allowed them to get a lot of personal information. And Mm -hmm. so doing just like any of the um, stuff that you apply for on Facebook, they get access to a lot of information. Um, So with you agreeing to do their thing and adding their app, and it doesn't really matter what the app is. You can be one of those surveys that actually downloads as a Facebook app. Or it can be one of the games. It's an app as a game. Um, they got access to a lot of information. It was a lot of rich information too, because you, um, Facebook, as just recently reported, they collect your telephone call history and your text message history, not the actual contents, but it's all that, which they potentially could. They say they don't give it away, but Facebook says a lot of things nowadays. Um, and then all of your information as far as um, who you are, which then became a little bit of an issue because people didn't understand that that's what they were signing up for. Then they ended up giving it to some other people for political and commercial reasons instead of just educational stuff um, because that company, I think, got bought out um, or was a sister company. And then um, on top of that, I know that um, they had started collecting not only that person that took the surveys information, but then also friends of. So even if I didn't do the survey because I hate having those apps, in fact, I delete them all. I don't ever have them on my Facebook connection. Even to be clear, if you use something like buffer app, um, yes, that you get the benefit of using their app to auto post to Facebook, but then they collect all your information as well. So they get all that benefit too. Um, And so even us social media users are highly susceptible to it. But they also then used, like if Eric did it and we're connected on Facebook, then they've grabbed all, a lot of my information as well. And so there's a lot of unethical, illegal breaking of terms of services, all those type things that come out this last week. Which the, the terms of service, I, I find that all a bit curious. If the user violates terms of service, then what? They, they kick you off or they ban your account or whatever it may be. If you know, even if they, they bust you or whatever. But it, what I find interesting about the terms of service is that, you know, what happens when they violate the terms of service, right? It's not like you can kick Facebook off of Facebook, right? So, I don't know. To me, that, you know, the Internet is such a new thing, and we're making up all these rules as we go along. And to me, this is just another example of that. We, we have a new technology. We're, we're trying to, you know, we're kind of making our way in the dark. We're reaching out. We're trying to feel our way as, as we're moving forward. And, you know, I, I think this is an example of stubbing our toe in the dark on this for sure. And there's certainly a conversation which we've had many times about um, pick your platform because now a lot of people are bailing on Facebook. In fact, apparently with the stock market, Facebook's lost a hundred billion dollars, not an insignificant amount of money. But the other big thing is also um, just simply information and how are you keeping your information? Um, because let's be honest, churches have a ton of information. I actually writing on this about the idea of Churches are storing your bank and your um, your children's information, birth dates, social security numbers. If you're doing a background check, all this information, it's really kind of scary if we're not responsible. And I don't think churches are like super responsible with it. Those are the things we did for a long time. Our computer at, at church was we like it wasn't like a brag. We're like, yeah, this church, this, this thing's not even uh, hooked up to the Internet. And. We use um, a church, you know, a financial management system that was so old. It was Windows XP only. 
so eventually we switched over to um, an online system that's fully encrypted. You know, it's an actual like somebody majors names behind it. So it's not it's just us safeguarding our own data. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's an expert at that. But that's a good point, though. Like many churches just, you know, the church password for the com- for the computer, something simple, like I don't know, like one, two, three, seven. And he's logging the computer, you know. It's like written right. on John three sixteen. Yeah, like right now, I can tell you right now that I know the password of uh, a church CMS or financial mm-hmm. app or something. It's John three sixteen, mm-hmm. guaranteed, guaranteed. And yeah. and let's be honest, if yeah. you were to not handle that information correctly, the idea of oh, I didn't know is not a good enough reason. You will lose your entire ministry because they can sue you for everything that that church has. Um, if you, I mean, one person that gets hacked because you let that information out is an entire a person's entire living then that church has to then repay because they mishandled that information. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and so, and they're fully responsible. And for as it. much as we go, you know, I, we go on and on, I guess we probably haven't had a post for a long time, but it always seems silly whenever I, whenever I've posted or we've ever talked about, you know, resetting passwords or security, it just seems like naturally it should be a no brainer as a technologist. You should understand the ramifications and the weight of what you're protecting. But I think that it is easy to get, uh, lazadaisical or that's probably not the right word. The right word would be comfortable, right? We have been at the security booth long enough. We're comfortable with the security booth long enough. There hasn't been anyone trying to break in at the security booth in a very, very long time. And it's easy to sleep on the job, right? We all do it. Um, and I, this is just, you know, another good example or reminder that we, we need to make sure that we're doing all that we can do to protect information, to have proper security and um, make sure that uh, we know who has the keys and that the key, that the locks are changed regularly. So, so my question to you is I've actually talked about this a couple of times with some people, my old church that I was a part some of. Some people. <laughs> so ominous, Jeremy. Some people. Da, 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 you know who you are. <laughs> and they said it's not that big of a deal. Are you serious? And they really did. They said oh it's gosh. not really that big a concern. We're, I've heard a couple of variations on this of we don't really have that much information. We're not worried about anybody attacking our small church, yada, 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 whatever the reasoning is. But what kind of what's your response to hearing things like that? I won't try to sway you one way or the other, but what's your response to something like that? That's (laughs) crazy. That's honestly my first response. That's just, you know, that's this crazy. That's that's irresponsible. Phil, do you have more words than I do? <laughs> well, I mean, my, my <laughs> do I have more words than you do? Normally, yes. So this should be easy. yes, <laughs> almost almost perpetually. <laughs> my my thing it, with that kind of thinking is like honestly, there's some truth to it. Statistically, you are. Like, as a small fish, you are incredibly unlikely to be targeted. At the same time, as a, as a church, as a safeguarder of people's most intimate secrets and details about their lives, you, it is incumbent upon you to do all that you can to be a faithful guardian of that information. Whether that's counseling files um, or financial records. Yeah, absolutely. And to be clear, information just on your health 
that I deal with in counseling and a lot of pastors that do counseling work in different states that are allowed to legally, um, you have to get one to $3 million insurance for one situation where you might have accidentally leaked a little bit of information and not even a lot. And so that's one situation that doesn't include bank and all that. Yeah, the weight, the weight is huge because here, here's the thing. Um, and, and you're right. Statistically speaking, the odds are not in, in your, in, in, you know, against you. But that still doesn't stop us from, like, putting on a seatbelt, you know, like these kind of things, right? Let's clarify, let's clarify that really quickly. You're really low percentage-wise to be targeted for it. But yes. there's a lot of stuff out there that's not targeting people. It's just going after everybody. And so yeah, right. that's true, true. Yeah, and, and the truth of the matter is is that, you know, you can talk statistics all day long, but when you are the statistic, like, it doesn't matter that only 1% that this happens to or 10% or whatever. If you are in that percentage, yeah. it, it's a painful thing. Well, it's, Moreover, it's catastrophic. What, what do you think that, you know, that happens to your little church or, you know, whomever, however, right? That incident just so happens, that small percentage happens, and it happens to somebody that might not be as full of forgiveness and grace as you might think that they are when it happens to them, right? And suddenly, like you said, Jeremy, lawsuit. And it might not be the big multi-bazillion dollar lawsuit, but it will be a big enough lawsuit that it will break you. And it'll come from a, per- a real family that you have personally harmed. Yes, exactly. And probably not, and, and quite likely it's someone in your congregation that you have really close friendships with, that you that their life is now ruined. Well, just just think of, think of it this way, okay? Just imagine if you're a pastor who does a lot of premarital counseling or does counseling like not professional counseling like what you do Jeremy, like counseling counseling but is like you know just restorative counseling for people who've like had a moral failing and they just go to their pastor for some informal counseling and you take notes and your computer gets hacked and all that data gets dumped on the internet now everyone knows who's in, who in your church is, has had an affair they've not told their wife yet they're, they're working up the courage or whatever, or, you know, any, any number of other things that have gone on and you've now exposed them to the world because of your poor security practices. Um, you know, clearly, you know, we, you know, this starts about a social media platform. We bring up finances and it unravels pretty quickly and as important and as wonderful as finances may or may not be. Even though when it comes to finances, everyone kind of gets serious, right? Because money is a serious thing. There's even a more serious thing, and, and it's those personal details of, of our lives that, you know, sure, it's not a social security number, and it's not a bank account number, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's not the number of children that you have and the ages of everyone and, and, and these these kind of things that we willingly um, – uh, fork over all the time whenever we're applying for things or doing business like there's a certain amount of 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 uh, sterileness with some of this data but when you start talking about the personal intimate details of someone's life yowzers that's that's where it gets thick and there's two different audiences we have to realize too there's the congregation that's showing up that you are using their information and then there's also the when i explore i'm exploring in the article is there's also the ethics of the information because Cambridge Analytica had a huge ethical issue that they were not used following terms of service. They were not using it for the purpose. They were saying they were lying. They were manipulative. Um, and so think about the information that you are giving to 
um, are getting from your congregation. If you collect information from a new middle school student that's coming to your church, that's not a member, their family has never even shown up to your door besides that one kid coming, is it actually okay for you to collect that information and put it in a database? And then you have an Easter service that's coming up and you want to send out invites to everybody you can. You have all this information. And so then you send that flyer to them because of that kid giving that information or you want to try to collect money for a mission strip. And now you're asking for money directly from that because of that kid. Is that okay? Because you're crossing a lot of barriers and um, moral ethical issues because of that one situation. Yeah, this, this stuff gets pretty, gets deep pretty fast. Um, it's like email using MailChimp, for instance, you can import your users and it's important that, you know, you, you take that seriously. You don't think just, you know, oh, I have th- I have this email. Where how did you get that email? Are you give have you have they granted you permission for you to communicate to them through Mailchimp? I mean, Mailchimp monitors their own stuff. They're pretty serious about that. If they if they see that you've imported a, a bunch or that you, you get enough complaints about your email a list, they'll either stop the 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 list. They'll maybe freeze your account. They'll take some pretty strong. Uh, measures to ensure that their IP addresses stay whitelisted and are not abused. So e- even areas you, that you better believe, you better believe yeah. it. So like I had a, I, I run a, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump into this at this out of detail here. I, I run an email list for um, my teacher's union and a teacher accidentally unsubscribed because she just wasn't, didn't realize what she was doing and she wanted to be resubscribed. And I'm like, I can't do that. You have to go back through and sign back up. If I just add your name to this list, yeah, absolutely. they'll boot me. And so, you know, Jeremy's brought up the, the counseling thing. We've talked about the finances. You know, th- these are all, you know, pretty clear these are serious things but here we get into what is probably a more gray area and like like with you phil she came and asked you to do that i would know not to ask you to do that because i've i've dealt with it and i understand it but a good portion of people do not and they're handed the keys you know they give them the list they're given mailchimp or they read about mailchimp and and they they just don't know um so so wow we should probably write an article on that shouldn't we yeah um Probably should. Probably should. Um, because it happens. I've actually had a client do that. He said, here's here's the email address. Well, you know, here's a whole list of names. Let's put them in the thing. It's like, well, you, you're, we're going to need to get approval from all these people. We're going to have to go through. We're going to have to jump through the hoops to make sure that uh, we're using this list responsibly, you know. Um, and if you have, if you know, if you have a sheet of paper where they ch- check yes, you know, with a pen or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'd have to look, you'd have to look and see, you know, if, if that would qualify as the confirmation, but you'd want to keep those records. I mean, this is, this is a serious thing. Um, even though at first glance, it might not, it might not seem like it because this data is very important. That's why the Facebook thing is such a big deal. That's why everyone's talking about it on the news. If you didn't know that already, that is why it's because people's information and what with what you do with it matters. I think that's the bottom line. That's the big takeaway. Don't, don't be irresponsible. And I would even go so far. I don't know what this would look like. And I think it'd be really cool to kind of find out. Um, but educate your congregation on what you do with their information. So there is zero um, uh, outstanding right. thoughts of what it is that your church is doing. Like you literally cannot deny it because you've already, they already know. It means you're not holding a Wednesday night group on, um, this is how we're using your information because nobody's going to go to that. I'm not going to go to that. I'm not going to that class. Right. But but being transparent, 
being transparent, I think, is important. You know, that's I guess sure. the question would be, how would you, how would a church do that? How would they be transparent? Like, is it something you just put in the bulletin and everybody doesn't read? And so we're kind of just reinforcing the Facebook. I, I think it would be, I think it would be wise that uh, churches write something up. You know, kind of like a, a formal and official write-up of the rules that they adhere by, what information they may or may not collect, and how they keep it safe. And it's it's a general it's a general outline. And maybe they add that to their. I'm not I'm not up on all my nonprofit mumble jumble, but maybe their bylaws or in, in some official manner say, hey, this is our rules, and and have it ready so that if somebody asks, right, uh, you can even put a thing in announcements. If you're curious what we do with your data. You know, go to the back table, and we have a handout that that covers it, and it's those those bylaws that have been adopted um, by your nonprofit or your church organization. This is hey, this this is what we collect. This is how we protect it, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. Well, that's just oh, privacy policy. Right. Or that too, right? You know, something like that, but maybe a little bit more um, more detailed uh, in regards to some of the more information. Because I mean. Right, like the privacy policy. That's what you mean, Phil. Sorry. Yes. Not the actual privacy. Derp, derp. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's how. Off the top of our heads. Got another one, Jeremy? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) If somebody has a better idea, please let us know. Email us, podcast at churchmag. If someone's got a better idea, reply by video on Twitter. That's the new way to do it. I know clearly, clearly not Facebook. That could be shut down at any moment. So, ironically enough, Jeremy. So he'll be back. The article I will say um, that I'm, I'm going to try to have will have a couple of privacy policies. There's actually a really cool free one um, that's just for general organizations overall that you can help use, and then it's it's backed by lawyers themselves. But then there's also a couple of churches that have privacy policies. I've been kind of scouring which. Incidentally enough, I'm part of several communications group organizations for churches. Several people have asked that question over the past four or five years, and I've only gotten three threads where there's any kind of answer about it. Most of them either ignored or nobody answers the question wow. directly. It's because it doesn't it's exist. a little bit scary. It, it, one or two reasons, Jeremy, either... No one knows how to answer it because no one has it. Or number two, no one has figured out how to make money off the church by making it. Yes. Oh. He just went there. Not feeding him. Not feeding him. <laughs> Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. (laughs) 